Welcome to another episode of Coffee and Conversations, where we look at the intersection of relationships, faith, and leadership. I am one of your co-hosts, Michael Clark. And I'm Christian Harden. We're so glad you joined us. I am really excited about today's guest, Christian. We have someone in studio with us that uh, I think is just going to bless the socks off of people that are listening. Yeah, um, it's super cool. Yeah, super cool. So a couple of episodes ago, we had our co-founder, my dad, uh, kind of talk about what it was like to get started. Um, and then we talked about the, the episode after that about what does it look like when you start many things and mm-hmm. the accumulation of it begins to impact your life and you find that you don't have margin and you... You go from all those yeses to finding a rhythm of rest in God's grace. So this this week is just going to be totally different. We're going to go from just how God puts people in your life, and um, as they begin to really sow seeds into you, you begin to see that, man, this is all part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. What they've done is leading me to what God's called me to do, and, and that's, our, that's everyone's story. But today, I'm so excited because um, Jashonda Hines a.k.a. Mook, Mook. is in the studio. (laughs) So she started coming to Sunday school when I was a kid. I I feel like you probably kind of feel like you grew up with her too. Yeah. Christian was definitely. Like same age. Same. I was was younger, but uh, it was like one of those like, oh, I looked up to that older crew. That's awesome. Jamarcus. So it's like sitting here with the celebrity. We got like throwback photos. My dad sent me one last night of where uh, Mook was getting a flyer. You're wearing a Kings jersey, like a a Sacramento Kings. Old school Kings jersey. It was great. I, Is I, it I'm black gonna... and purple? Yes. It was a Do you jersey. Remember it? I think it had Bibby, Mike Bibby on the back of it. Oh, I don't I didn't get to see the I'm back. Not, it, I think I remember it was the early 2000s back when. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? Dad, I'm like, Dad, where are you pulling these things from? Where do you have these photos stashed I away? need that. I, that's so nostalgic. That's yeah. awesome. I'll print yeah. it for you. Wow. So as we're talking a little bit today, um, I'd love to just kind of let you share your story. You know, typically, yes. Our listeners know if they've listened to our episodes that we do like to share kind of those fence posts, those those red dot moments in our mm-hmm. life where something impactful um, has has occurred, both positive and negative, and the people that were involved in that, and how it's led us uh, to develop in our faith in God, but then also how we're pouring into that next generation. But I think all of that's going to naturally flow into you just sharing your story, sharing your testimony. Um, and I loved how you put it as we were talking off off air just a few minutes ago. Um, just share a little bit about kind of even the vision you had to honor those and what I think maybe this podcast is even going to serve a little portion of uh, honor those folks that have really poured into you. So my vision was basically, like I said, I don't know if God gave it to me or if it's something I made up myself. This is just something that I seen ideal that I wanted to do as far as giving everybody that planted a seed in me back then their flowers. I wanted to literally give them their own unique bouquet of flowers I visioned them on the stage at the foundry which I know is small but it worked in my mind yeah that there they were all seated and I had these waiter server guys to come out and give each person their flowers that impacted me back then um up until where I am now because of course some of them are still impactful in my life I still pull from them certain things whatever I'm going through at the time I kind of know who to look to. Some of them I have not seen since then. So yeah. I just always wonder where they are. Also, Miss Tammy. Ah, Miss Tammy Vega, yes. Yes, and I, I think it's only right to add Christian because he definitely, <laughs> he was there too, um, the yeah. other Christian. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No. Yes, 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 yes. Um, He's in some of those early pictures I saw. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. And it's just been amazing going through each transition and I now looking back on it I realized that every seemingly negative situation that I went through from like elementary on up it kind of pushed me into the very next season that I was going into as far as who was the next person that was kind of going to get that baton to Mm. um help me in some sort of way so 
That's really neat. Well, I look forward to just kind of hearing, uh, as you say, I think it's way better than our fence post yeah. and red dots. It's, Giving flowers. It's bouquets, yeah. Bouquets. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so cool. That's so mm-hmm. much prettier than, than our picture that we paint, Christian. Yeah, it's a... Uh, <laughs> Sticking a fence post or giving a flower. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. I love it. I know that we hear, I hear often or I read often, you know, give people their flowers while they can smell them. Um, that's that's a quote I love so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's true. You know, yeah. most people pass on or they transition and you never got the chance to give them their flowers or pour your heart out to them say thank you you know like we we harbor and we hold in so much stuff due to pride or you don't want to feel you know weird or because I dealt with it but I always felt like what's inside of me what you have done for me back then is more important than how I feel at the time yeah I rather you know what you did for me and how well it has helped me in the long run than to just yeah, kind of hold it in. I think enjoy you the know. fruit. Enjoy the yes. fruit of your labor now. Yes, yeah. now That's while awesome. you can smell them, you you ought to know what you did for me. That's so cool. It is. So tell that. us a little bit about yourself. Tell us kind of what, uh, where you grew up, what life was like, and some of those key people. Wow. I'm 27 years old now. Uh-oh. So Nobody asked how old you were. Uh-oh. I know, but this sh- is this is a <laughs> this was a lifelong journey like they need to That's know right. how long it took me to get to this place because I asked God for wisdom so many years ago and he only gave me a little bit here, a little bit there. It wasn't like all at one time. Um I had to go through a lot of hard stuff. He he needed me to be a certain type of person that I wasn't at that time. So it was really, really hard. I don't want to make it sound like it was something that I always enjoyed. Um, there were plenty of times where I wanted to just kind of give up. Um, but that was that was never the case. It was a, a sifting, you know. Yeah, so basically, um, honestly, the first time I ever saw Sunday sidewalk school or even laid eyes on Miss Janice... Um, the truth is I was six years old in Lonsdale on the black side. So, um, I mean, that's what they called it back then. So, um, I remember going, it was, it was a small area where the grass was across the street from the boys and girls club. Um, and I remember her just basically pouring this such a positive I mean I've never seen a woman that was so nice and so just graceful and just how she was just talking it was so gentle like I don't know she just kind of drew me in I was six years old um fast forward to three Hmm. years later nine and Walter P um I was going to the boys and girls club then and we were also going to Sunday school at the center then. So I was already familiar with it from back then. So I already knew that I wanted to like just go and listen to her talk. Um, I always been into the stories and the illustrations and the songs. It was always a part of me. There were times where I had friends who didn't want to go, you know, and that was like that, that influence, negative influence early on. But, you know, I always was like, well, I'm going to go because I I like it. I enjoy it. You know, I'm not going to act like I'm just too cool for it because that was a thing. Yeah. Um... So I would go more and more, you know, I always want to be the quietest, most still person so I can get that prize. <laughs> the <laughs> quietest prize. Yes, awesome. you know, you get that prize at the end. And I actually did win about two or three times. Um, and for tr- those that don't know, younger age MOOC, lots of energy. Oh. So winning that quiet seat prize was a lot of self control. Yes. Some kids, I feel like, man, they were just born to get it. I wasn't one of those kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's an NBA ring right there. <laughs> that's an NBA ring. That's hard work. <laughs> it's, hard work. <laughs> it's so funny you said that because my band director used to say, "Call me ADHD." It was kind of like another <laughs> nickname because I would not be still. Um, I get that. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I was so full of energy. I mean, I my my sense of humor was so kind of messed up. I had to do something, say something. It didn't matter if I was just passing gas. Why I would I would literally wait until I find a quiet moment. Wait till everybody's not saying nothing, then just you know pass gas or something. Everybody's like, yeah. 
damn. I just always wanted a reaction out of people. I was just that type of yeah. funny. I don't know what was wrong with me. Goodness. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. A leader. Yeah. Yep. And lots were following. Yeah. Hilarious. All my classmates know this for sure. So, um, so go back to me being nine years old. Sunday school every Wednesday, I want to say. I was living on Bethel at this time, I think. No. Well, I was living with my aunt on McConnell. But anyway, eventually my mom got her own apartment on Bethel. Two apartments, actually, because that's how long we were out there. And then I later realized Bethel meant house of God. Mm -hmm. I had no idea because I was so wanting to emerge and get out of there from all the trauma and everything that was going on, I knew that God had a greater plan for me. So looking back on it, when I honestly realized what Belta was, I was like, wow, I was there for like 13 years. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, it took me down through there. It never broke me, but I bent a whole lot, you know. Um, So Sunday school every Wednesday you know, becoming junior staff, going to Park West um, with everybody for Bible study there. Winterfest was our ultimate favorite thing to do. I still listen to Israel in the New Breed to this day. Yeah. Um, so good. That's yeah, awesome. I mean, amazing, amazing. So much. Oh, my gosh. I can't even remember everything we went through. But anyways, we were really, really the kind of kids that just didn't hold back. You know, we we brought the hood with us in a sense. <laughs> and they Kiko loved us so much. They literally came back and got us every week. Um that's how I knew that this is nothing but the Holy Spirit. This is nothing but the love of God in you guys because there's no way I will be able to deal with us every, like the way that you guys did. And it was just so amazing. And that was the first display that I had. And, mm-hmm. and I knew I wanted, you know, that kind of lifestyle because it was such an opposite of what I was accustomed to, what I grew up in. Um, it was our outlet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was definitely, uh, definitely for me, um, even just with the dance team with Miss Alicia and having those kind of practices wherever we could practice, yeah, we we, yeah. we were just ready. Like, yeah, let's go. Just get us out of here for at least for a couple of hours. Um, we got her pulled over one day. Uh, then she came <laughs> and got us. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. She brought that up at the at the last um, banquet, I believe that before COVID. Before we went virtual, Dwayne and I danced. Yeah. And I sat next to Miss Alicia at the table, and she brought that up, and I couldn't finish my dinner. I oh, laughed so man. hard. I couldn't get it out of my mind. It was so funny because I kind of forgot about it, you know. <laughs> and she just brought that memory up. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. We we used to do some stuff. We did. We used to do some stuff. And they knew we were up to no good, but they just kind of loved us anyway through all that. And <laughs> I'm just grateful. So it it I'm back at nine years old. It came time for camp. And I was so excited and so ready. I remember my mom packing <laughs> some of my clothes in an old comforter. You know, you buy a comforter and it comes in a little plastic yeah. zip. That was my luggage, at least yeah. most of it. And she, I mean, it was packed in there very well, almost like a school lunch. And I was so <laughs> excited. So I got to the Boys and Girls Club, which was the the pickup location. And Miss Janice was like, uh, Mook, it's not your week. And I'm like, huh? All my friends are going. I'm ready. Let's Let's go to camp. She was like, this is for the 11 and 12-year-olds, honey. You're nine years old. And <laughs> it it could have broke my heart. I mean, I oh, my goodness. So I feel like in that moment, God placed on her to let me go, and she did. I got on wow. that bus. We got to Signal Mountain. I met the Garcias. I met Jesus, too. Yeah. I felt the Holy Spirit for the first time. I was, to, to describe it, I was very, very hot warm all over my body it was just like 
I don't know, something behind my eyeballs was just pushing tears <laughs> out of me. I, I, I felt so full all over. Mm. And it was it was amazing. Um, that's as best as I can explain it. It was the happiest I had ever been in my life. I just I just remember feeling very, very full and fulfilled and like wanting more. Um so I feel like that's where my spiritual walk actually began as far as personally. That's awesome. And me actually knowing the Holy Spirit intimately. So fast forward to let's say twelve years old. Um that's when things at home really started to get rough. I realized my mom was battling an addiction, a drug addiction. And I mean, I kind of like caught on to weird things about her early on, but I was so like distracted with everything else and just being a kid and enjoying life. Yeah, It didn't register or click. So as I got a little bit older, I'm still a part of Kiko. I'm 12 years old now. Um, I'm I'm starting to recognize and realize. So um we were on a trip in Atlanta with Kiko. They you guys took us to Six Flags and we also went to a conference and I remember it was just one of the best weekends of my life. I had never been to Atlanta yet alone Six Flags. And it was just so amazing to see other youth groups and other kids there praising God and just, you know, kind of laying down all sorts of things at Jesus' feet and just, you know, really getting into his presence and praising and worshiping such a huge congregation. It was my first time, and I couldn't believe it. We didn't know how to act. And then once we got to... Uh, Six Flags, we rode the same Goliath roller coaster, which was the biggest <laughs> one at that time, over and over and over. I mean, I got over my fears that 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 weekend. But on the way home, um, the Lord placed something really, really troubling in my spirit. Like, I just, I didn't feel right. It was mm. like all my happiness kind of went away for a while. It just, I just had a, a feeling like a pit in my stomach, like really empty. And... The Holy Spirit, I kept hearing something saying, call your grandmother, call your grandmother. I can't remember if I used Miss Janice or Mr. Bill's phones. I didn't have a cell phone at the time. I used mm-hmm. one of their phones. And I called my grandma, and she said, Mook, when you get here, don't go home. Don't go to your mom's house. Go to your aunt's house, which is her sister that lived um, outside of Walter P. Yeah. Um, on Parkview. So I'm I'm asking like I knew something was wrong, but I'm asking all these questions like why 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 can't I go home you know, and um, found out that we had been taken from my mom like because I had a younger siblings too, but I'm the oldest so that responsibility kind of fell directly on me as far as you know taking care of them, make sure they eat or whatever the case, whatever it was at the time, I kind of had to grow up fast, but at the same time, I still had a childhood. I still have very fond memories, so it was just very complex. Um, So I went there, and I was just finding out all this stuff, and I knew something was wrong before I even left. I just knew something was wrong. I could feel it, but I was just, you know, so excited and so ready to leave for Atlanta that I kind of ignored it a little bit so obviously that's what it was um it's almost like the holy spirit was preparing my heart without me even knowing it Hmm. um so i got back and they child protective service were actually considering coming to atlanta to get me um to pick me up to take me into state's custody and I, i i thought Wow, imagine how embarrassed I would have been then mm-hmm. or what what type of trauma that would have done to me back then had that happened. But I really feel like God said, no, um, yeah. that's not how that's going to happen. going to wait till she get back and just go through. I, that's just honestly how I feel because that would have triggered something dark in me. I would have reacted, I feel like, in a totally way that was not from him. You know, just being completely honest, I could have went off the deep end. Um, So anyways, um, I spent that weekend, that following weekend in state's custody at a stranger's house. 
no idea who this woman was. I didn't eat at all that whole weekend. It's me and my sister, I remember. So we went to court that following Monday, my grandma adopted me. Um, and I had been living with her pretty much ever since. Um, it was hard. It was it was difficult. I remember still, cause she, my grandma wouldn't allow me to go back to walk the pee. She she's like, no, you ain't going out there. You know they put me on her life insurance and everything. I mean, she's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, all that going on out there. So she would let me go to her sister's house because I had an older cousin that I could hang around. So I would still sneak out to walk the pee just to go see my mom just to go check on her and see how she's doing because I know now she's battling this addiction. But at this point, it's public. It's out there, and she's just in a very, very dark place. Mm. And I I, I didn't care. I, I, I didn't care. Like, this is my mom, you know? Like, yeah. this is where I want to be. I can't, like, let this go. I mean, it bothered me for a while, so I used to, you know, kind of act out at school and all sorts of stuff. I, I've started to change in that sense. And, um, yeah, it was really, really hard. It was really dark. So I remember my cousin taking me to OBC. Now, at this time, it was um, the Rio building. The Rio building now um, is near the golf course. It's I think it's like off Dandridge. I don't know, Rio Knoxville, but it's a small little building okay. over in um, East Knoxville. And um, my cousin was the treasurer at the time, but the building flooded. So they lost that building. We were just having church service, like at the Chocolate Factory. Um, I remember KC at Knoxville College campus. We were having service there, just different locations and whatnot. And um, I remember feeling strongly pulled towards Daryl, Pastor Daryl. Like it, it was like I don't, I don't know what it was. It was really, really strong. What, how he spoke the word and how he just talked. It, it was so therapeutic to what I was going through and what I was dealing with. It was like he was helping me release what I had been harboring for so long um pertaining to my mom and what was going on at home and why I couldn't go back home why me and my siblings were pretty much separated amongst family members and we couldn't all be together again and I had really really a lot of anger issues um and I would express it in different ways mainly at school um, or with other other kids, other teenagers, I was always looking for a fight. I was always mm-hmm. looking for some some type of trouble to get in. Um, so that's what was going on. And I remember him, I can't exactly remember the sermon, but I remember it raining really, really bad outside. And cause he was asking for the rain. We were all were asking for the rain. I had no idea what it meant either. I didn't know. Mm. All of a sudden, it just started pouring down, raining outside, and everybody's in there praising and worshiping, and just the atmosphere was just kind of just so what I needed at the time. And I just I broke down, and I just cried my eyes out. And um, it was the altar call. School was my cousin's hand, mm. and I went up to the altar. And he looked me dead in my eyes, and he was just like, you know, it was like he felt it. Like he knew, you know. He was just like, I see you, my daughter. And I just, you know, ugly crying at this point. And he prayed for me. Um, I remember going to, like, the back. Because at this time, you fill out a little car, you go to the back with your group, and y'all kind of discuss what you're going through, what you're talking about. And we did that again. We prayed, and... That's when I got a little bit deeper in him and in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and just him being my comforter and knowing that I could go to him, that I could pray these things out of me, that I didn't have to act the way I was acting. However, I still had stronger influences already with the com- with the this the atmosphere and the environment that I was growing up in. I kinda already had those strong influences. So it was like both. It's almost like, you know, I was 
dancing with the devil and serving Jesus at the same time. So I was going through things and God was still covering me and protecting me. Some stuff I'm not even aware of Mm. that he has covered me from. And this is me saying it as an adult now, looking back on it. Um, Lots of things could have been a lot worse, um, but they were not. And I feel like because he planted something in me, he knows that he has a purpose and a calling for me that some people's destiny is tied to me so I have to do what I have to do to you know let them be drawn to him by him um kind of what I'm working on now that's why I had to clean myself up and stop doing all those things that I used to do and just fully submit and surrender myself to him and I always ask him Lord let them see you and me you know I'm absolutely nothing I'm just the dust at your feet I'm forever in repentance I'm forever in the right posture, just at his feet and just completely just being a vessel, just being that clay. Um, it's not me. It's it's him. So, yeah, at that time, being 12 years old is when I really, wow. really started getting to the meat of him. And he, he did it through my experiences and through my relatives because that's where my heart was. Yeah. Um, and that's how old you were when you connected with Pastor Daryl? 12. At OBC. Wow. Yeah. When you were walking through all that, coming back from Atlanta. Uh Uh-huh. Like, that was, that's, I mean, it's just like, it sticks out to me because those were like, I wouldn't say monumental, but in a sense, they were as far as my walk. Yeah. Um, Because they were there when you needed them most. Absolutely. 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 And that's when I first learned, like, you know, having a pastor, going to church, what it does for you, Mm. how to pray. There's some adults still trying to figure that out. Yeah. 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 Man, that's so good. And so, uh, you know, here you are 12 and and God's kind of taking you through this journey and your experiences are continuing. And, you know, talk a little bit more. What what starts happening next? Who are some of those other people that, um, as you're connected to OBC and and probably a number of other places? And I think so many of us experience that with one foot in the world, one foot kind of, you know, in God's world and what he wants. And, and, that never ends in our life in many areas. Hopefully the amount of space we're giving to the devil in our life lessens, but um, the sanctification and the process that he continues to change us. But obviously that's part of all of our story, but I'd just love to hear kind of what, you know, what was God doing over these next few years? Absolutely. I was wrestling with him just back and forth. Um, So at that time, um, trying to think what happened next because I'm just, I was with my grandmother um, still trying to go see my mom because my mom, see one thing about her she was battling addiction for like 23 years but she always had a word for me. This is what was so crazy in a sense because she was in her word like never before she was the type that anybody in the neighborhood that needed something they knew where to go they knew that they could go to her if they needed food a shower clothing prayer I don't know help with calling somebody to see if you can help me get a truck to move so I mean like these type of things this is she was that go-to person I seen it countless and countless of times like she was sacrificed literally herself for the sake of others um but like fast forward now she's been clean for four years she's planning her wedding wow that's awesome yes absolutely um I believed God so much for her deliverance and I used to pray so much I put so much supplication it was just like Lord, I don't need nothing. Just do this, you know. And he did. He did. And it it just amazes me. Like, she's, like, literally the strongest person that I know. Um, My cousin is a huge, huge part of that as well. She taught me a lot of stuff um, as far as how to talk, how to to write, like, properly. Like, you know, um... Mathematics, just being, just being a, a female, being a woman, how to carry yourself, um, morals and values. She she molded me in that way. She planted some good seeds in that way. Um, spiritual too, as well, because she is very 
We call her cutthroat. She's very stern <laughs> and and just, you know. No messing around. Yeah, no. And she is very, very blunt. She'll say exactly how she feels. And it's piercing, you know. So yeah. I, I, I thank her for that, though. Looking back on it, she's always somebody that I look to and I pull inspiration from. So back to Kiko, because I was still involved, um, still going to Winterfest, summer camp. Um, we, I mean, we just, oh my gosh, we did so much. Some stuff I can't remember, because that's how much we did, like Park West. We look forward to that every Wednesday. So I still was leaning into that and still in the world at the same time, just battling, just going back and forth. Um, I always kept Mr. Bill and Miss Janice dear to my heart, as well as you, Mr. Michael and Alicia. Um, this is this was like my family, like my spiritual family. I always knew that Jesus is real, God is real, because I know people that know him that love us, you know, and that display the love of Christ in a way that it should be displayed. I literally got that from Kiko. Um, I knew there was some good praying people at, at OBC. Um, it was my church or the bloodline that I had identified with. So I pretty much followed them. Um he had that building over there off of Magnolia. This is before we, we got the 211 Harriet Tubman. Um, Fifth Avenue. Yeah, yeah, Fifth Avenue. I was going there, and, and, you know, as close as it was to walk the P, I would just walk every Sunday. Me and my best friend, we would just walk, and we would go there just to get in God's presence or just to put our tithe in or whatever the case may be because I knew that they were trying to raise money for a building so I always made sure I took a tithe and offering there as, as, mu as much as I could um and it was just awesome packed every Sunday you know that time they had a balcony so it was kind of hard yeah. to find somewhere to sit yeah. um so that was awesome and then God blessed us with the building that we're at now which is funny because since since now that it's been like virtual, um, well he's been online. I think he's did a few outside services. Um, where I'm at now, I've just been kind of getting into God's presence at home. Um, I fast at home. I pray at home, of course. Um, as far as my ministry, I do. I give a lot of plates away to the homeless. If I cook at home or I have lots of leftovers or something, because I don't believe in wasting food, um, I'll literally go, like, to the dollar store or Kroger's or whatever, and I get, like, chips, candy, I don't know. Maybe I need hamburger buns or mm. something if I did, like, a Sloppy Joe or hot dog buns for chili dogs, and I just kind of make these little to-go lunches and stuff. and I just take whatever I have at home put it together honestly because I just did it two weeks ago um so that's pretty much my own little ministry that I do now I'm taking more initiative to do stuff on my own personally um with Jesus Christ um if it reminds me of a lot of the things you were just describing you saw your mom do absolutely absolutely uh, and I feel like I like we kind of have the same heart in yeah. a sense, huge, huge heart to the point where um, I will sacrifice for somebody else because I just know I'm going to be fine. I know God is going to take care yeah. of me. I just want to help somebody else get to wherever they're trying to get to, whether they do the right thing or not, or, you yeah. know, just giving money to people with a sign to homeless or whatever the case may be. I'm to the point where now, I'll give you the money. That's my obedience. Now, what you do with it has absolutely nothing to do with me. That's up to you and God. But I'm just going to do my part and hope that you do the right thing. Um, that's if he place it on me, you know. I'm yeah. not trying to just, you know, seeking to see who I could just give all my money to. It's not like that. But if he press it on me, if I'm around or something at the time, and he says give this to that person, of course I'll do it in complete obedience. Um Yeah. So all these people from Kiko, like from the beginning, because Miss Tammy and Mr. Christian were at the beginning because we had a dance group with Miss Tammy, too. Um, 
that was my first time actually seeing mansions <laughs> down west. <laughs> and she took us to like a little fundraiser banquet type of thing. And mm. we had an amazing time. Um, that was my first time seeing like those huge houses. And it put so much inspiration in front of me. Like, wow, I can have this one day, you know. Mm. This is like foreign to where we come from. We did not want to leave. Oh, we we really gave her a hard time about like letting us stay and stuff. Um, of course, Miss Alicia and her dance team with Kiko was so much fun. We worked so hard for our banquets at the Foundry. I mean, we were we loved yeah. it. We loved it. We put our hearts into it. Um, and a lot of us from that that generation of junior staff I'm still really good friends with now we are a lot older but we still you know reminisce and talk about the times like that's how huge of an impact you guys had on us we still talk about it to this day um we're just so grateful our hearts are just so grateful that we made those decisions back then to say yes to Jesus back then through you guys and we were able to see you know like the love the unity the the fellowship and everything that came with it it was totally worth it extreme yeah. it was amazing and it still affects us now even into our adult years and a lot of them are parents now so yeah. i see it i see that group still on facebook or around town yep. It was just a different era of youth ministry, Christian. I don't mm-hmm. understand it. I don't know if the introduction of all the technology and video games and all these things that we really uh, work against, it seems like at times, to yeah. have relationships with youth, um, th- that was just such a sweet spot because yeah. everybody wanted it. Everybody wanted to be there. Um, even when we had our ups and downs and our mischievous behavior and all that kind of stuff, it was still like, yeah, but this is where I'm coming back next week. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get my act together, but I'll be back. And I know mm-hmm. you'll pick me up because you're consistent and you love me. But and it just the camaraderie and the relationship of that group was just so unique because of that. Yeah, it that's was just, why I came. It was wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted to be a part of something that seemed bigger than what I was getting. And else. we haven't experienced it since those initial groups, those early years, those first five, ten years until 2020 because of COVID. Yeah, it so all the virtual stuff, like oh, I can play video games all day. I'm kind of tired of this. I'd really like to see someone face to face. I'm kind of, I don't really want to sit in front of my computer and go to school anymore. I really want to have relationship. And so we've seen an upward swing and I hope it doesn't stop uh, into 2021 where we begin to crave and desire and reallocate how we spend our time um, to something that is more meaningful. And I hope we get back to what you're talking about. It's so good. Yeah. In a way, though, I'm, in a way, I do feel kind of bad for the ones that didn't get to experience it like we did because we didn't have cell phones. Most of us, sure. we didn't have phones, you know. Um, that's why I said it's kind of complex because, yes, at home it was rough. It was hard. I had to look after other siblings in a, in a sense. But I also had a childhood that yeah. I you know, we say, hey, I know where all my friends are because of where all the bicycles are. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we literally had things to do amongst each other. I mean, we would make up our own cheers and dances right outside. We yeah. were racing, kickballing. I mean, everything. It was so much fun. Life, Just a different childhood Yes, life today. was, it seemed more simple. Like, even our struggles it was still joy in our struggles because we are all struggling in different ways, but it brought us together and we just, we, we made the best out of what we had. Yeah. And it was amazing. Now it's hard to get my siblings off the phones, yeah. off TikTok. Yep. And, and, oh, I, and I try to pour into them because they think I'm strict and I'm just stern. And it's like, it's not like that. It's just out of love. Like, I, cause I know what it's like. Cause I'm on social media too. So it's not that I'm just better. I just have a different perspective and experience. I know that this takes away from your reality. You know what I yeah. mean? And I don't want that for you guys. I want you all to be in real time and have real relationships and just, you know, talk to each other and, 
how are you feeling? What's really going on with you? You know, you don't have to just vent on Twitter because, you know, Twitter is a place yeah. where you're literally yeah. talking to nobody. You're just saying stuff <laughs> to the internet. <laughs> yeah. That's so I true. was the same way. I, I get it. I know what it is and, and what it's like. I can identify with them. So that's another reason why I really, really am excited about coming back full circle into mm. Kiko because um, – I, I can understand these kids on a deeper level. Yeah. Um, I know exactly what it's like to have no food at home. I know exactly what it's like not to even have your own room. Um, I know exactly what it's like to have a parent that is literally battling, battling an addiction, and it seems like they don't really, you know, they don't have your best interest right now, which is not them. It's the it's just what they're battling, what they're dealing with, just has a stronger hold, you know, on on them. Um, I know what it's like not to have clean clothes for school or school supplies, and you just you're getting it how you live. I know exactly what it's like. God allowed me to go through all this stuff so that for one, I could identify with those that came after me, but two to share my testimony to help somebody else that is in it to know that your greater is coming just press on you know yeah and that's one of the things we're so excited about i know um with it coming full circle we've just kind of sensed the lord with his calling and purpose on your life that this was this was a new season for us for you uh and for for the next generation that that we're just excited with you yeah. to see you pouring into that next generation and um equipping them and empowering them and helping them see their potential and um man god's not done working on each of us no, uh, around this Absolutely. in this room and around this table but but man it's in that process that we pour into someone else that god continues to fill us up as we're pouring out and uh that's what i'm excited to see because man as you begin to make some of those ministry opportunities your own adding your own flavor I th- i'm just excited to see what starts to come out of you that um god's already put inside yeah Oh, it's gonna be. I awesome. would love some of my students on Thursday night to meet you, to yes. see you, and to have a you know like be the inspired. New staff, yeah. yeah, be inspired to. Okay, I can see the future through MOOC. Like, mm-hmm. I have, you know, it's not. I don't have to. So, yeah, I don't know. Where I was going with that, but that's just it's exciting for me because we all have those things. Uh, you know, similar to you, I've experienced things and had. Uh, you know, had the, the trauma or of what middle school, what high school could bring and at home, but I did have my own room and I, you know, I could count sometimes on most of the time being able to have a meal. So there's some things I just can't relate with, with them always. Uh, I can care for them, but that's something I'm super excited that yeah. you could bring, um, to the table for us. And here recently, we're just tired of dropping kids off after uh, spending time with them to a house that looks like Swiss cheese because another drive-by has happened. Yeah. Um, man, it breaks we're my just, heart. We're tired of seeing that, yeah. and it's time to invest in a generation to see a, a difference made in those communities. Um, unfortunately, that's happening because there were some, some young folks that didn't get invested in, I'm afraid, yeah. uh, by the right people, uh, or they made those decisions, even with those opportunities in front of them, to go a different way. And uh, I believe it. I believe the Lord is calling us to draw another line in the sand, so to speak. And I think you're going to be a part of that with us um, in, in some of these neighborhoods. It's going to be it's going to be pivotal for someone else's eternity. I just even see that. Uh, they're going to begin making choices that's going to change where they spend eternity and what their life looks like here on earth yeah. as a result of that. So I'm excited about it. Tell me some of the things, Mook, that you're, as you've had some time to kind of think about joining Sunday school and, and what that's going to be like, what are some of the things that excite you um, that you're like, man, I can't wait to be a part of this or do this? Or um, has there been anything that's kind of come to your mind? I know we didn't really plan on that question, but is there anything that you've thought of? I'm sorry, my mom was somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious. Is, I just kind of went back. Ask me yeah, one more time. Yeah, some things that you, as you kind of are thinking about, man, being a part of Kiko, being a part of Sunday school, the the junior staff again, and um, are there things that are there specific things that you're excited specifically about being a part of or, or doing or creating some sort of experience or atmosphere for them? What What are some of the thoughts that you've had? Yeah, so. I always try to put myself in their shoes, you know, from their perspective. Um, I'm most excited about the relationships that I would develop with them. Um, I know most of them are waiting and looking for somebody that's just like me, um, that for one understands them, um, can level with them, can pour into them, and also help them 
with multiple situations. Um, I know when I was coming up, I wanted somebody that was just like me, and I I was able to get that through you guys. But um, mainly the younger the younger girls, I could I could really really pour into and help and talk to and you know kind of uplift, enlighten, and strengthen them in certain situations, especially those that have parents that are on drugs addictions because that's, like, huge. Um, I know a lot of the fathers are out of the home with the young guys, so they tend to turn to organizations that are not necessarily for them, but they make it seem that way. Um, I know all about that, too. Um, my brother kind of feel victim to that, but God is so merciful, and our prayers are still protecting him that, you know, he's, he's able to come out of that and really turn his life around. So I have a story or experience or something for a slew of situations to the point where there's probably not anything that they're going through that will surprise me. So I'm looking to I'm looking forward to that the most. Um you know, identifying with them, that's how you really, really win them over. Um, because you get it, you understand, you've been there, or you know someone who has been there, so you, I could have the right words, the right resources, you know, I feel like in this season, God is going to stretch me just that much more to do things I don't necessarily want to do, or probably don't feel like doing, because I have to ask him, Lord, remove the spirit of laziness and procrastination mm -hmm. off me, right, um, but um, he's going to stretch me. I know he is. He's he's already put it in my spirit. I'm going to stretch you. I'm going to test you, you know, and those are certain ways that um, he's going to do it. Hey, there there may even be times where I have to come out of pocket with my own money just to, you know, make sure someone eats or whatever the case may be, and I'm going to do it. Like, we serve a mysterious, peculiar God. He does things that we're probably not ready for but you have you have the equip you have the equipment for it yeah. you know what i'm saying he already instilled something in yeah. you to do a certain thing that is kind of foolish to us but he uses it to profound the wise so he has put a a, a thing in me to help save these kids um like you said, when we were at um, Abaneros, you know, what about your ministry? What are you going to do? And it's just like, you you, you were right about that. It's time. It's, it's beyond time. He's been working on me. He's been molding me. I've been filling myself up with him and seeking him more diligently than ever. I've been fasting more than ever. I've literally been trying to ready myself for whatever is to come. And it's like, it's here now. You know, the, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And I said, I, I need to be in the field. I need to be laboring. I need to be putting the work in. Um, and also, I just need to get out of the house, too. I don't go anywhere. I don't spend my time trying to really hang out. Like, okay, yes, I can't completely seclude myself, but I've been through so much, through all these different situations with different How can I put it? Different spirits on other people who I thought were for me. And it's like, I I just don't waste my time no more. I'm always at home. I don't want to be bothered. I just love my own solitude. And he's like, okay, well, you got to come out of the house because there's work for you to do. There's mm. kids out here that need you. They need yeah. to hear what you've been through. And that's that's what I'm going to pretty much put all my time into. Um and just do all the stuff that is time to do. Um, not saying I'm just some kind of savior or nothing like that. I'm just an assistant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to yeah. assist and let you know, hey, I am, you know, the type of person that you don't you don't have to, like, kind of hold back with me. I get it. I understand. You know, he has blessed me with great insight. Most of the time, I'm not far from the truth about what's going on with people anyway. So it's like... That's another thing with God. He loves for us to just be honest. Just be honest. It's okay to go through this and that and to be feeling a certain type of way, even if you're angry, because he already knows. Yeah. He literally already knows. But being honest with him, he I really he loves that. You know, that's what makes it intimate and just 
conversate with him and tell him and he'll show you things through other people or you know he'll give you confirmation through two or more people yeah. at least that's how it's been for me um that's so good. I'm just excited to, like I said, develop these relationships with them. I'm also looking forward to summer camp. Camp was always my favorite part. You know, you get out of the house, you get away from people, you meet new people, you get the fellowship and worship and create an atmosphere for him to move. Um, I love the and plus I love being out, like you know, in nature. So yeah, yeah. man, that's, so that's so exciting. Yeah. I hopefully 20 years from now you can sit across the table from someone and they can give you back a flower. Yes, 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 yes. I would absolutely keeps coming around. Yes, I would love that. I would absolutely love that because each one teach one. You know, yep. Um, Another little mook out there. Oh gosh, that's amazing. (laughs) That hasn't been invested in yet. (laughs) It'd be so amazing. But God is just doing a lot of things in my life. Um, Everything that I went through. He had to build my character. I, I had to go through certain things. I had to know what it's like. I just had to because what he has for me now, I wouldn't know what to do with it. I wouldn't be as grateful had I not went through what I went through. So yeah. um, that is something that I do know. Um, so good. He's just been molding me, you know, maturing me. And most people have no idea how spiritual I am, which is funny because I don't really talk about it, you know, because there's this whole debate all this crap is just too much out here. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm just going to be vigilant. <laughs> just going to be watchful. So people just think I'm just this humble, laid-back person, which I am, um, until you provoke me in a way, you know, or say something in a way. Then you'll see just how courageous and bold I am, you like know, in him, yeah. yes. So I'll be sheep. Poking the bear. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So good. Well, I'm excited. Well, mm-hmm. I just appreciate you sharing uh, so much of your story. And yes, thank you. I know there's so much more that you could have said. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, oh, yeah. We could probably have episode after episode to Part share two. share our stories, which which may happen. Um, but again, I just uh, appreciate you opening up your heart and sharing your life. Some of the things that are that are difficult. Um, that's takes a lot of uh, courage and vulnerability. Uh, to share some of those hard things as well. And and we just appreciate that because I think so many of our listeners and so many of the kids that I know you're going to be serving with us will be able to relate and can gain strength and perspective from hearing if God did it for you, um, I have hope he can do it for me, and and I think that's that's what that's what our testimony is, right? Yeah, the story of of his goodness and grace, and and that what he's done for me, he can do it again, and that's who he is. And so I'm excited. I'm excited about these next um, this next journey with you, and just seeing where God's leading it, and I get to I get to watch it. I yep. get to I get to sit on the sidelines and yep. maybe even be a part of it. And um, so again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're we're so excited uh, that you, as our listeners, were able to kind of peer into Mook's story, and uh, we would love to hear from you as well. If you have something you would like to give us feedback on, or something you would like to hear on an upcoming episode, would you email us at coffeeconvospodcast at gmail.com. And again, another shout out to Brent. We thank you for this wonderful coffee today. Uh, Mook definitely added, she brought her own creamer in. I'm looking at this over here. <laughs> she got some butter, butter cookie. cookie. Oh my. Yeah, Christmas. <laughs> she Christmas did. cookies. She, Christmas cookie. in a cup over mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it was good. We thank you, Brent, again. Anyone who's in the Knoxville area, definitely look up and visit Brent as they have their coffee trailer at Fellowship North uh, Monday through Friday. You will not be disappointed. And we thank them for their partnership. And again, uh, we just encourage you to reach out to us, rate us, share us, like us, That's whatever right. you can do uh, to let others find us. We again thank you. Until next time.